you heard the phrase, spare the rod and spoil the child? Uh, it is biblical in origin, but it's been distilled through the poetry of Samuel Butler. He wrote, love is a boy by poets styled, then spare the rod and spoil the child. Uh, Butler was dependent on an older poet, William Langland, uh, in 1377, but both of them were reflecting on this ancient book of Proverbs. Uh, for instance, Proverbs 13 verse 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Uh, why this emphasis on the rod of discipline? Well, let's remember that this book of Proverbs is a fireside chat between the king and his son. We saw that a couple of days ago. Uh, the royal son who will face the rod is no ordinary son. And think of how the word rod is used throughout the Bible. Uh, the word appears first in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, a tremendous prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. In uh, Genesis 49, verse 10, it says, The scepter, literally the rod, will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. So here's the scene that's being described in Genesis 49, verse 10. There is a rod, or a scepter, a rod being passed from king to king, king to king to king to king to king until its rightful owner comes and he will be the universal ruler the Christ now that's interesting because generally in the Bible if someone therefore comes at you with a rod um, usually if someone comes at you with a rod you're about to get a beating but from Genesis 49 onwards a king or, or a prince who receives a rod from their father the dying king they're actually receiving rule they are receiving glory. They are receiving responsibility and a throne. And so this idea of the rod coming at you, it combines this idea of suffering and glory. There is the glory of the scepter, the ruler's staff, but there's also the suffering of the rod, which is so often associated with uh, troubles and trials in life. So here in Proverbs, uh, we see that the crown prince is getting advice from his father, and his father is telling him the rod is coming. But that means both suffering and glory. The theme continues all the way through the Bible. Uh, in Exodus, for instance, the rod is the staff by which Moses rules, that's his glory, but it's also used to strike Egypt with plagues, to strike the Red Sea and to strike the rock so that water will flow. So again, we see how the rod is both a scepter, glory, but also a club, suffering. When we come to 2 Samuel chapter 7, David is given a prophecy about the future king, Christ, to whom the scepter will be handed. And here's uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7 from verse 12. I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. So even for Jesus, in fact, especially for Jesus, the scepter will mean a rod. It will mean a beating. Verse 14 is not referring to Christ doing wrong. The word doing is not there in the Hebrew. But Jesus did take our wrongdoing to himself 
and was punished with the rod on our behalf. So then here's what this, here, here is what this means. Even for Christ, the scepter, the rod, means suffering. The crown prince of heaven inherits his rule only through the cross. He would hold the rod because first he was struck by it. Now that we are in him, in Christ, we cannot expect for ourselves to enter glory via any other route. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, it says that Jesus was crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. Do you see that? Through the suffering to the glory. Not even the eternal Son is spared the rod. Therefore, what about us? Can we expect the rod? Well, listen to Hebrews 12 from verse 5. It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father disciplines his children. Endure hardship, therefore, as discipline. God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father. Hebrews 12 verses 5 to 7. What does this mean for child rearing? Well, hopefully you've seen by now that the rod is deeply symbolic. We're not meant to imagine a big stick, a big club to hit our kids with, okay? The rod is a symbol in the Bible, but talk of the rod does teach us that good fathers do discipline. Even our Heavenly Father disciplined His perfect Son. How could we parent without discipline? Even God follows the advice, spare the rod and spoil the child. If even God does that, well, what about us? Surely discipline has to take part, has to, be a, uh, has to have a part in our child rearing. But the lesson, you see, goes deeper than that. You see, how is God parenting us? Actually, He parents us through the rod. The rod of suffering as well as glory. And there is no glory without the suffering. Therefore, when hardship comes, remember your Father in heaven loves you. He loves you even as He loves His eternal Son, Jesus. That's why He does not spare the rod. But through the rod, He invites you to share not only in the sufferings of Christ, but far more in His eternal glories. 